0: happy monday friends and welcome to built in texas this is jasmine your host and every week we are thrilled to introduce you to some of the fabulous women that are shaping what we like to call is the new texas this week we're introducing you to a tech game changer investor brand new author and she also happens to be one of my big business crushes too enjoy the show hello welcome to built in Texas Gabriella how are you hi Jasmine I'm doing great thank you great I'm so glad that you are joining us for those that are listening I I have to admit something I I stalk Gabriella I have for a long time um now she's moved away so it's much harder to do the prof and I'm calling this professional stalking you all so it's nothing like like that stalking. It's like nine to five stalking, but she's moved away to a beautiful island. So it's been harder. So when she said, when she was available to do the show, I was just thrilled to have her on. I've also admired all that she's done too, not only in just Dallas-Fort Worth, but just in general for women investors. So, so thrilled to have you on. I I don't like to read bios because this really is built in Texas, really like a bite-sized introduction to women each week. So we just try to keep it uh, short and succinct, um, but would love for you to tell us kind of what you're what what you've been doing for the last couple of years, Gabriella, for maybe those that don't know who you are. I don't know if we can do that in a succinct way.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, so I founded Tech Wildcatters and in 2017 I sold to one of our investors the, the platform itself. So uh, I had raised seven funds and deployed and now they're making money, which is really exciting. (laughs) Um, And in 2017, I knew that I wanted to write books a long time ago. Um, But it's, you know, oh, hey, I'm going to business school and doing all these other things. And, you know, I was a single mom for 12 years. And so, you know, chilling out writing books just didn't really fit into the picture so well because lots of other things I want to do too. But uh, I made a promise to myself that, when my son finished high school, went to college, I felt like he was solid that I wanted to move to an island and write science fiction books. And uh, I thought this, this was gonna be a nice little one year, you know, oh, let's just try that and enjoy it and then we can move on to the next thing. So what is it, three or four years later? I don't know. We're in like this weird time compression <laughs> thing that I can't really quite explain. Um so yeah, so now a few short years later, <laughs> my my first book is actually about to be published. So
0: Hey, what's the name of it? So it's called The Sound of Creation. Ooh. Tell us a little well, first of all, I can't believe you have a you have someone in college. This is really what? no, he's out of college. How? Like I I don't even know how you've you've done this, but okay. <laughs> When I was twelve. No, I'm just <laughs> no, seriously. You <laughs> look like you could be hanging out on the college campus, wearing some sandals or something. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I wear my sandals on on the beach. I and bet. And I want to get to where you are because I know you're in you're you've you made a move for sure. But the Sound of creation, I'm a big titles person. I'm also big like first four pages of a book, like that's okay. my thing. So I would love for you to share with us, like. What's the title, what's the thesis behind the book? And it's science fiction, which I think is gonna be really cool.
1: Yeah, um, so the, the quick pitch is the apprentice who created Earth is ordered to return and destroy it. Ooh. Yeah, and a little bit further in, uh, there's a woman who has created an artificial intelligence and one night it starts playing music and she's like, wow, this was not what I intended. But it turns out when this music plays, people start going a little nutso. So, uh, yeah. What? That was a teaser. How <laughs> much should I share? So, the way it started though is I was writing a completely different book, but I had had some things going on and had some really interesting coincidences. Like, I don't know how you feel about coincidences for me and my analytical finance brain whatever i'm just like oh it's just a coincidence and then i've got the other side of my brain that's like ooh yes. I mean, why is
0: that i'm on that side
1: yeah yeah and i i've, I've asked, i go between i oscillate between them so um and it's a lot of fun just a little confusing sometimes uh, <laughs> so i have had some of these instances where i was writing a short story and for some reason I described a character as a Japanese Chuck Norris. I don't know why. Um, you guess that, right? That's a really strange way Random. to put it.
0: Yeah. And I,
1: I went to dinner that night with uh, some friends, and she's actually a New York Times best-selling thriller author. She's very cool. But uh, I look over, and I was like, oh, how funny. I was writing about Chuck Norris today, and that guy's beard looks just like Chuck Norris's. You know, it's even red. I was like, how crazy. And they sort of ignored me, and I looked over a couple more times, and I'm like, Actually, he really looks like Chuck Norris. He's wearing a ball cap. And I look over again. I'm like, really? And then my husband looks over and he's like, hey guys, I think that's Chuck Norris. And then everybody looks, of course. But uh yeah, it was Chuck freaking. It was Morris. Chuck Norris. And I mean, when do I ever think about Chuck Norris? So he didn't hey, even we, pop up like that. Yeah. So like a roundhouse kick to the head. I was just <laughs> like, whoa, universe, what's going on? Yeah. I'm listening. And I'd had a few other similar things like that. And I'm writing this first book, and I was in the shower. That's where I get all those good epiphanies, that and running sometimes. Um, and I just got this thought, you know, what if we really do live in a simulation and it was created by an apprentice? And I was like, oh, snap, ouch, that hurts. So, yeah, I just went with it. I was like, but I'm already a fourth of the way into this book. Like, I shouldn't be switching over. I need to, like, focus. And the voice was just like, no, nah, this is your first book. And I was like, you're well, was
0: it for- always going to be science fiction? Was that going to be the genre? Or did you just, with the Chuck Norris incident and the shower moment, were you like, I need to go this path?
1: No. Um, so I credit, uh, actually, one of the first, no, they were the first tech church uh, renters. So a startup, I had met the CEO, Chris, at one point, And he's like, well, if you guys lease this 20,000 square foot church and, you know, you're trying to do some co-working stuff, we'll be your first tenants. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. But uh, it was my birthday. And he gave me a copy of Neal Stephenson's The Diamond Age. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't really read much science fiction. My mom was a Trekkie and all of that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but that's okay. I actually like Star Trek, too. <laughs> um, so I read it, and I was like, wow. This is just blowing my mind, like, every 10 minutes. And it's, it's – his takes work to get through his books because it is just so – it's just that much. So, uh, and then I started looking at, I was like, well, science fiction still, I mean, it fits the tech thing, I get that. Mm. But, uh, I then I read Ray Bradbury wrote a book called Zen and the art of writing. Mm. So good. But one of his essays goes through the rise of science fiction, how, you know, it was considered junk novels. You'd get in trouble for it at school, but then they started bringing it into libraries. And quickly thereafter, you know, that was the 50s into the 60s, we have the space race and technology really started to take off. And so, you know, he's like, Which comes first kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And some of that is sparking imagination and what have you. And I was like, well, maybe science fiction is the genre for me. And I haven't looked back since.
0: That is so cool. That's it's it, when I saw you mention it, I, I was so unexpected because I was like, "She's gonna put out a book about business or something, right?" Just the traditional. But I love this though because it's you're right. It is really in alignment with with tech in some sort. Now you live currently in the Virgin Islands. Do I need to in order to write a, a best selling science fiction book? Do I need to move to an island? Like I'm. This is where you've been writing this, right? So actually, I
1: wrote the, the first draft in Dallas. And I okay. think I did the first year of revisions there. <laughs> um, yes, re- the revision process for me was a learning process of, hey, well, I wrote this thing. Now, can I turn it into a book? Um, so no, it was actually written in Dallas. This is a Dallas book. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I did revise and, and find my publisher while I was still here. Actually, the publisher I met in Oklahoma City of all places. How? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I finally got the book to the point where I was like, Okay, I'm gonna do the the, the way you do it is you pitch agents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just like you would uh, a venture capitalist or yeah. something like that. Um, and they're your go between and you, you got to get one of them to sign off on you and Get excited about you, and then they're gonna go pitch you to the publishers. And so I'm just I'm not good at the email pitch. It's it's just not my bag. Like in person, like I like I can can like roll with it and yeah, like read you kind of thing. Yeah. No, I'm really bad at it. So uh so it was 2020, and I'm just like, I'm never gonna get the, you know, I could self-publish, but I was like, no, I really want to work yeah. with a publisher at least the first time around just to see, you know, what the process is. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to guide, I'm going to have to find somewhere that they're going to have an in-person event. In 2020? In it was the end of 2020. Yeah. Okay, the end. Okay. The end of 2020. And I was like, Oklahoma City. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll be there to, you know, seeing the kids and, I was like, I can drive up to Oklahoma City. And they actually did a really good job of keeping it, you know, spaced out. Nobody ended up getting COVID. So it was okay. great. Um yeah, but I, I pitched, I think four or five of the agents, and they wanted to see the full, which is a big deal. Like, oh, they want to read the full book. Oh, wow. Okay. you even ask for that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It's like a it's like a venture capitalist one. <laughs> um but then there was an editor there for a publisher, and she's like, well, we'll take unagented um, authors if, if, if you haven't already signed with an agent. And I was like, yeah, no, I just, I just started the process. So uh, she read it, and she was like, I love it. I want to put it in front of the committee, and if they say yes, we're going to publish it. And I was like, whoa. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that was very quick in an industry that is very, very slow.
0: So this, well, first of all, this is, that's a huge cosign for the book, right? For you to get such a, a, like a quick response. I think you also, to me, um, because we just still live in a very visual world. You don't look like the traditional uh, science fiction writer. So I'm sure when they met you, they're like, what? Like, I I think that's fascinating too. I will
1: tell you, I have definitely had my COVID moment. I always thought it would be fun to be like platinum blonde for a year, just go all the way i went further i went like white you did last year it was crazy yeah you didn't follow enough on social media it must i be. don't i didn't it see maybe i didn't recognize you <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts and then i and then i put some colors in there at different times and i just had fun did you do it.
0: that in oklahoma
1: did you have the white we you rocking well, out? it was, it was pure bright white in oklahoma
0: wow so okay <laughs> all right so you had a moment for sure so when you in. better i
1: i don't know I, i've never totally fit in, but I'm also a really good chameleon. So I can't,
0: I, I can't explain that. So why did you go back to your, your, your darker hair?
1: Are you kidding me? My hair was like, it was terrible. It's, it's Like the ends are awful.
0: Did you but, give your husband a heads up or did you just show up like, Hey honey, like what's up?
1: Oh no. I told him I was going to do it. Okay. and
0: actually, A couple of times he had to
1: do my, my touch ups for me because literally it was like the week I did it, they shot the world down. So so I'm like, oh crap, you're supposed to like redo this every, I don't know, four or five weeks. And so the hairdresser shipped me stuff and she got on a Zoom call and told him what to do. And then she offered him a
0: job. He's a man. He's got the Airbnbs and the hairstyle, and If he ever wants to switch it up, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's
1: a, he's a man of many talents.
0: Yeah. What's so crazy hearing about twenty twenty? Um, because I have so many conversations with different women, and, and it's just been fascinating to hear what we were all doing in twenty twenty. We were definitely trying to navigate and figure out what we were doing. But women that were like hustling and doing stuff before that was still happening, but in the most interesting of ways. Like you, because you we saw what was happening. We're all. At home, but things were still moving forward. It's so interesting that out of this really challenging time, so many like developments came to be. What are you most excited about when everyone gets that first the book and they open up the page? Like, what are you most excited about or, or hoping to to feel when people start to read the book?
1: Oh man, um, especially for female founders, I hope that they find um, a little bit of connection or understanding. And there's some rough stuff. I mean, there's some bad venture capitalists. There's some all, all sorts of craziness. Um, and so, yeah, I just hope that they connect to something. Yeah. it might be one passage that they connect to or, you know, the entire book. They just, oh, my gosh, that was that's it's my jam, you know, or I just really feel a connection. I just hope they connect to it in one way or
0: another. Yeah. And I'm excited. And the book officially launches on February 2nd, 2022. So that's exciting. I would love to hear So are you from, where are you from originally? And, and tell us about this, this adventure to where you are now Virgin Mm -hmm. islands, because I have fantasies of this too. Like I do love where I live. But I am one of those people who would like to just disappear overnight. Sometimes I do get those fantasies too. (laughs) And like, especially now that everybody's on Zoom, you know, two years ago, no one was really loving to get on Zoom and it was such a hassle to ask people to do it. Now it's like very easy and people are much more open to chatting wherever you are. And this whole remote work is something that's much more acceptable too. So my fantasy, I think, could actually happen this year. But like, where are you from originally? And then uh, tell us about this adventure, this traveling uh, to to where you live now. Yeah, so first of all, come on over. I, um, I, I was waiting for the invite, I have no problem. <laughs> I, was, I was, well, I was born in
1: Dallas, but grew up in Rothwall, which is, you know, if you're looking on the weather map and you see like, here we'll do it, it Tarrant County, Dallas County, and then this little tiny square up here beside Dallas, that's Rockwall. It's the smallest county in Texas. Um, But yeah, and then my dad is a missionary. So I was back and forth to Mexico a lot on school breaks. And I lived with him when I was a freshman in high school. And that was an interesting time in and of itself. But uh, no, Dallas has pretty much been home forever. And I, I love the water. Um, and so I knew I wanted to spend some time, either probably either back in Mexico, which is still second home to me, mm-hmm. or you know one of the Caribbean islands because I spent time out here uh, just on vacations. And my when I got married, I had told him, you know, hey, whoa, <laughs> I changed my path a little because he has boys who are a few years younger than mine, and so I'm like, you've extended my time in Dallas, but let's be clear. <laughs> I need to get out of Dodge at some point. Yeah. And he had been looking at places that had good economic incentive programs and stuff like that for his software company. Mm-hmm. And we checked out Puerto Rico, which I like. I mean, you've got Spanish speakers and it's yeah. a huge island and it's it's beautiful. So went there and then we came to St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands and checked it out here. And this was just a better fit and mm-hmm. him and his partners decided to switch their headquarters move it over here and we came with it
0: how long have you all been there now
1: uh so i want to say they moved the company five six years ago and we moved about three and a half years ago but we were doing half time until COVID hit and now it's like all right would we rather be in dallas on a high mm-hmm. rise or would we rather be on an island where we can like go hiking every day and
0: yeah for sure <laughs> like, right.
1: way and, yeah it's, it's How, easier to distance here.
0: Yeah, that's what. I oh, for sure. How has it changed just like, your perception though as a, as a female founder, as a businesswoman? Do you think it, it plays a role or are you kind of the same woman in Dallas, the same woman in, in the Virgin? Islands? Like, is there any difference or do you see that you've slowed down or there's any, you know, any differences between who you who you were maybe three years ago or you're like, I'm the same person, Jasmine?
1: Yeah, no, so it's that side of me that I didn't let show very often because I was afraid that, you know, maybe people wouldn't accept that, or they would think I was even weirder than they already thought I was. Um, Which, whatever. (laughs) So that side comes out more. Um, I was at one of the local festivals, they do every, they do it every three months, right? Yeah, these jump up festivals. So it's like a mini carnival, which they also do a big one every year. It's the Christmas festival. But uh, I saw fire dancers performing and I was like, whoa, that's cool. So I stopped the chick that, you know, taught most of them how to fire dance. And I'm like, please teach me. And yeah, so so I've been fire dancing for two years now and I'll be performing tomorrow night. (laughs) Is there footage of this? I'm sorry? Is there footage? Oh, I have a little bit. I'm just, I'm really kind of camera shy. So
0: I... Yeah. But, but you can't say cool. fire dancing on a, on a beautiful, sexy, beautiful island ever and there's no foot. I mean, it's- There's, there's a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have to do some sort of a female founders retreat or something to come there because I, I, yeah. the fire dancing sound, sounds Absolutely. frightening, but exciting at the same time.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, it's uh, not unlike starting a business. <laughs> <laughs> what do you yeah. wear? <laughs> But, uh, you know, here it's fun. So, so you wear natural uh, fabrics and, okay. and what have you because they don't catch fire and melt to your skin like a lot of the synthetics. Yes. But, you know, we, we go barefoot. We don't really wear any protective anything. Your your protection is your presence and you're paying attention.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah,
1: it's the, the flow aspect of it and there, there's – one prop called poi and some people spin poi that you know are lit up with lights or something like that but uh you're having to really use both sides of your brain mm. and so it's it's really good for the elasticity and that, i don't know
0: i mean yeah i'm gonna have to dig up some footage because i, I have a perception of fire dancing from a movie's perspective and i, I cannot even imagine myself I I feel like it'd be a comedy show, but like I said, I'm I'm secretly excited by it too. I'm I'm interested. So with your your barefoot, the island life, it feels like I'm sure I'm picturing you with like coconuts and like fresh juices and like just everything's natural. This is just my stereotype of living on an an island. No, not
1: the food situation is not that. most everything is shipped in and it's It's not uncommon to go to well first you have to go to three grocery stores to get a basic list filled and it's not uncommon to come home and be like oh yeah that's rotten oh wow okay (laughs) or whatever yeah so So we're kind
0: of spoiled here with our whole foods yes yes (laughs)
1: you're very spoiled you should very much appreciate what you have Okay,
0: all right. There's some give, There's some pluses and minuses, I'm sure, because like yeah. you said, you can distance there, and I'm sure waking up and looking at that outside your window oh. has to be. I have, um, yeah.
1: yeah, I have, I have the Caribbean and rainbows outside my window this oh. morning.
0: Incredible. Yes, yeah. yeah. so amazing. Well, you know, we talked about kind of what you were doing. You went white and and pitched a book deal in 2020. So not <laughs> not you weren't busy at all during that year, <laughs> but a lot of female founders. And we still are trying to navigate like where we are right now. Like it's in Texas, um, we've got Omicron, which has kind of been really rampant. And you mm-hmm. just kind of have this overarching anxiety. I know I've ha- I had it before uh, COVID. So it's like, yeah. T- and, I, and I definitely am on that weird, anxiety, strange, introverted place with people, which people never get. But it got wor- It's gotten worse <laughs> over, over since the, the pandemic. And I talked to other female founders, and you just have this sense of like waiting for something bad to happen. Also, too, how to communicate to coworkers, colleagues that you're having a rough time, uh, that you don't know how to handle things. Um, you know, being a leader is is thrilling, but it's also really um, it's scary. You can't always talk to people that I'm having a tough time or I need help because then you never know who's there to actually genuinely help you or might take it the wrong way. So I'd love for you to share some thoughts because I know you've got a perspective on, on leading from so many different levels and perspective mm-hmm. and through challenging times and amazing times. What are some some pieces of advice or things we should think about when we're facing some challenges as we lead forward in, in this new year?
1: Boy, um, and it's funny because the island has taught me plenty of things about let it letting go of uh your expectations mm-hmm. um because on the island things change all the time and you can't really depend on anything being the way you expect it to be and you can get upset about it you can fight about it but i'll be honest the people who've been here for very long are just like yeah just just give it time oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just how it is and yeah um, yeah it's interesting my my uh I guess the thing I'm concentrating on this year is true acceptance and mm-hmm. acceptance for me is the absence of judgment. Mm. Um, Cause yeah, it's, it's not just tolerance. It's not judging the situation, yes. um, which means not only judging the situation and everything else, but judging myself for how I handle a situation. Mm. That's not, it's not helping anybody. The judgment does not move us forward whatsoever. Does it? It holds us back. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So re- releasing the judgment and really truly accepting is. Kind of what I'm focusing on this year. Um, but oh, goodness, from good times to bad. You know, one, it definitely helps that I finally found an executive coach. God, I guess I started with her in 2015.
0: Yeah, yeah, something like that. You're still working um, with her?
1: Still working with her. I'm not an executive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, still, still have a conversation with her once a week. And it's wow. almost for me, it's just, it's the same as like managing my health where I'll step on the scale every day just to be like, whoa, you know what? Maybe lay off the cheeseburgers yes. and fast foods. It's not really helping you out here. Um, and the same thing with a weekly check-in is that if I'm letting something spin out of control, mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, wait a second. Is this, is this where you want to go or, yes. or are you letting something else run the show? So uh, that's extremely helpful. It's just to have somebody who is really, and and that's the thing is it can be somebody in your life, but they want the best for you. yeah, you know? and they're completely accepting and not not judging. You know it's more of here's what you tell me you want to do and you tell me where you want to be, and here's what I see you doing. And here's maybe some
0: other ways to look at it, or you it's know, like a mirror for you almost in a way of what you're yeah. How,
1: yeah. did
0: you did you decide at two thousand and fifteen like transporting yourself back then? Which mm-hmm. I can't believe that how many years ago that's been. But did you did you know you needed an executive coach? Did someone say, "Girl, you need an executive coach," or did you just happen to find this person? Because this we talked we talk about this all the time. This definition of what self care is for female founders, and it is working out. It is eating healthy, but it mm-hmm. honestly is asking for help and support. And it, so, how did you come to the executive coach, or did you realize at that point, you know, I want to get here, I'm going to need some help.
1: So in, was it 2012? Yeah, we, we brought on new partners into Tech Wildcatters, and they're the ones who wanted to build up Health Wildcatters. So we did that as a partnership. And uh, they had just sold their company, and they made it very clear. They were like, Ariella, you need a coach. You, you need to find an executive coach. That was one of the biggest things that helped us in our business. Very important. So I'm like, yeah, 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 okay, okay. I'll look. And I talked to a couple of people, but there was it. I just didn't feel the connection or what I needed kind of thing and then I talked to one of our investors who I had worked on a deal before I even started business school but I was like hey I I really would like a coach and I haven't been able to find any and I feel like you you know some people and so he said okay well I got two I got the one that'll be like what are your goals what'd you do to meet your goals what do you do you know kind of fitness trainers tell stuff and he's like, and then I got an- another one and she's a little out there and a little whatever. And I was like, oh, get me out there. I mean, need- I need <laughs> my personality that I don't let out very often. Oh,
0: right. And
1: yeah. And so, yeah, that was, that was very good. But it's, if, if you're suppressing a part of you, mm-hmm. and we all have that part of us, whether we want to admit it or not, we yes. all have that kid who just wants to run wild and free. And so true. And if you don't, it's going to start causing problems. Mm-hmm. So... You know how kids are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, it definitely helped, but she's not a kid. I mean, she, I believe ran landmark for something like 10 years. So she's not one of the newer coach. She's been in this business. Okay. for like three years. I, I can talk to my husband about certain things, but you know, he runs his own business too. And we're oh. both very hard headed and mm-hmm. we're both good at what we do. And so, yeah, it's, and, but he thinks differently than me. And so when he gives me advice, I'm like, that's great advice, but I can't think with your brain, so I can't implement it the way you would. And so it's not going to work for me.
0: Yeah. Letting go and and really taking some time to identify a really executive coach. And I think the word executive is really um, mm-hmm. optimal here because there's lots of coaches out there. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the challenges in, problems and successes and all that stuff that comes with trying to start a business. And I would also say for those founders of color too, like there's just so many levels of everything happening. And like you said, as a little kid, you're carrying around all this stuff. And now you're trying to start a business and lead people and and also like be a mom or be a wife or, you know, it's just so much going on. So executive coach could probably be a really game changing um, solution for so many women that are tuned yeah. in. I'd be curious to ask you too. Um, about this idea of love and work too. And we don't have to get all up in your business, Gabriella, but is, I'm curious about this because I feel like a lot of us female founders, if we what people would probably call us as alpha women or very strong, opinionated, or very independent. I'm extremely independent. Yet um, and I see some a lot of there's a pattern of a lot of the women that are classified as this at either their their business is their baby or their their spouse. Um, they don't, they really haven't made time for love or even finding like, how did that fit in? And it sounds like, you know, from your husband with him dying your hair and it sounds like he's he's get he's, as I call it, he's got, he gets in where he fits in, so to speak. Like he does his thing, but he also sounds like he's letting you do your thing. How have you, how's that journey been for you though? Like finding time for me, you're also now this author. I, I know you're still investing. I'm sure too. I mean, you've got some stuff going on. I'd love to hear your thoughts for a lot of the female founders that are tuned in that are like i'd like to have someone dye my hair too
1: (laughs) yeah um oh my gosh that first year i'll just say if you can get past the first year (laughs) because believe me we we definitely at different times had our moments where it was like is it really worth it
0: you both have strong personalities very very Mm -hmm. very
1: strong Mm personalities yeah he told me, he kept in the beginning, he was like, Oh, we need to start a business together. It'd be amazing. And all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, I was like, Wait a second. What is your role at your company? He's like, Well, I'm the CEO. And I'm like, Well, what is my role in my company? So, mm-hmm. Well, you're the CEO. And I said, like, Well, well, who's gonna be CEO of this of this alleged company that we're that we're supposed to build together? And he's just like, oh, <laughs> oh this is me. And I'm like, I appreciate that you think it's gonna be you. Cause
0: you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You can't be a co-CEO either. Like that doesn't work. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. We actually built a nonprofit together. That was that was the uh, the excuse behind our first date. He's like, oh, we should we should have dinner and talk about this. And I'm like oh, that was, was smooth. <laughs> yeah, I did one of those things because I definitely found in certain meetings where people maybe had that intention and I just, it went right over my head. Same. And so this one, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not stupid anymore. Like, I know that this happens. And I'm like, I'm going to treat it like a date. Okay.
0: That's a good
1: advice. We still talk about stuff, but I was like, I'm just going to call this a date. Yeah. So, uh yeah, we started that, and then I guess after we got it, it was called Epic U, and it's, it was a trade school for programming, so free programming school, boot camp mm-hmm. style, and uh, really did really well with it in Dallas, tried to bring it to the island, and it just it's just a different mindset here, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we got that first class up and going, and I was getting, you know, I'm just really good at that, making all this startup early stuff happen, Yeah, and then it was just like, okay, class is starting, you're no longer needed. <laughs> and, I mean it was just like get yeah, and I was like, whoa what like this was my dream I yeah. told you about it and he's like well, I <laughs> and I was just like oh I see I was like okay well I now that we're married or whatever I'm just going to go ahead and keep the marriage and they can continue on with with the nonprofit goodness how to keep it going so I I was actually the problem as far as quality time because mm-hmm in in early stage investing and stuff like that there's a lot of networking a lot of events a lot of late night drinks kind of thing and that is not how he thought it should go okay um he's like that's not what people do and i'm like well everybody like pretty much everybody in my circle does so that's it it is what people do um but i realized that really all he really wanted was more of my time Mm -hmm. and i was like is it really necessary that I go out and do these things and whatever? Or am I substituting for something else? And so you know, I have to take a step back and be like, "Yeah, he's not. He's not wrong, you know." And I mean, I wasn't wrong, but he's not wrong either. He just wants more of my time and yeah. married, and that's perfectly understandable and
0: acceptable. So uh, and how nice <laughs> though, because there's probably probably women out there that would probably love to have that, right? Like it's the yeah. shit on the other foot kind yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know how lucky am I, and I'm just like, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's perspective on it too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as far as moving here, I, I knew well. I had known before that when my son went to college, I wanted to hand off the company into you know the, the next stage of growth and whatever that would be from whoever was going to do it. I knew it wouldn't be me. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, your worries are different at this point, right? It's not arguing yeah. over like random yeah. stuff, like it's real stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Instead, it's like, okay, well, if we want to take showers, you and I need to figure this out together because yeah. there's, there's no knight in shining armor coming. There there's nobody who's gonna come after hours and fix this for you. Like yes. it's island, there's not enough people to do a lot of these things as it is. And I don't know, they they're out fishing. They, they literally will be scheduled, somebody will be scheduled to show up and they're like, oh, but the fishing's really good today, so I'll just see you tomorrow. <laughs> okay.
0: You don't have a choice either, right? You're like, uh, okay. I'm actually
1: downplaying it. It would be like they would show up three weeks later, but. <laughs> oh my God.
0: And not not even worried about it either, like not even an issue, right? They no, so think mad
1: you if you've like done the work yourself or had it done by somebody else. They're like, What? And I'm here and you told me to come and I'm like, well, like three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, this, this is a different mindset for sure, right? Yeah, it is very, very different. So so I'm thinking um, some things need, or we should think of them as dates because I, I when you were talking about that, I am I think I've probably been on some dates and did not know, Gabrielle. <laughs> so like really changing it, being open to that too. Uh, but also, it sounds like you appreciate your husband's strength too. Like he's got a strong personality. But it's sometimes you letting certain battles go. Like you don't have to actually win everything, which is a tough lesson if you're someone who's super independent and used to t- <laughs> taking over everything and being in charge.
1: Well, so what I've really learned about myself is I don't know about you, but I have a missionary father, and I was brought up to be barefoot and bring in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's that's just the way it was. And so the man is always right. You do what he says all the whatever. And so, I mean, I was a single mom for 12 years because that just didn't fit with me. I was like, look, I have a brain too. And when Mm -hmm. I see something steering the wrong way, I'm going, you know, I I don't want it to do that. But what I found is that I had a hard time with my voice and speaking up. Mm. So part of being extremely independent is, is it's, well, I'll do it all myself. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. And I don't have to deal, you know, yeah. I don't have to talk to anybody about it or have Mm -hmm. a power play or anything like that. And, you know, he, he grew up in the very male dominated type, you know, he was in Mexico and Central America growing up. but I mean, it's a very macho. And so definitely had those, like, I I felt Mm -hmm. like I couldn't speak kind of thing. And I, I, I learned that, wine would loosen my tongue and that was not the best time for things like that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we're going to, you know, we need to understand why I'm not speaking up, or I need yeah. to understand that. And, you know, and I, I learned with him that he can be, you know, he's hard headed about listening to things. And so I had to find a way to get through and be like, no, this is important and you need to listen because it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't listen, it's going to become a real big thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know a couple of times I was like, You can either listen to me or I can go crack open a bottle of wine and then you can get crazy Gabriella. What do you think? So, uh, yeah,
0: which one you got a choice?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm like, you, you can either listen now or we can go through this whole like, yes. of whatever. But in the end, it's like, I, I need to speak, yeah, mind and um, we, we need to figure something out. So, cause I would definitely just let things go, go, Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then, you know, you realize, Oh wait, it's not fine. Maybe I need to speak up. And that, it wasn't him. Like, yeah, he was hard to talk to cause you know, he'd come up with all the reasons why it was wrong or, yeah. you, know, you know, whatever. And, but that's not him. <laughs> What what are all the all the terms everybody's using now? Oh, gaslighting. Oh, oh lining. right. Mm-hmm. And it's like there are two people in this conversation. Yes. And I have to take responsibility for my part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I've had to, uh, and and that's part of where having an executive coach who takes you all the way back to well, where where did your programming start? Mm-hmm. And this really the kind of programming that will help you lead the life that you want to to live. Yes. Um. And so. With my with my coach, it's a lot of digging out some of that programming. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, no, that's not what I want. So I need to reprogram some
0: things. Yeah, uh, and, and that's a huge point too. Because mm-hmm. whether it's your spouse or colleague you work with or boss, you know, you don't have control over them. Like, because they, if they're if they're bitchy or rude or don't really <laughs> respect your voice. I mean, there's only so much you can do there, right? So all you do have is control over yourself and how you interact with it. And do you bring all that stress home? And are you eating and and finding other ways to deal with it? Um, And are you making decisions to say, my voice is so important. I need to be in a place where it's respected. Because a lot of times we just are so busy. It's three months have passed by, six months. You're still in this really bad situation because you don't want people to think you failed at it you don't want to be that woman that's complaining or be perceived that way it's so much stuff we have to deal with i was telling a guy friend of mine about this and he was like why don't you just say this jasmine i was like do you know if i came out and said that (laughs) like i don't have the luxury to do that i said i would love to say that in my in at my house i say that but like we there's just so many repercussions that come from that so i love this idea of just start with myself get executive coaching, kind of start digging around with, with, you know, how you can control the communication channel. Cause it's yeah. two way, two way street.
1: Yeah. Cause so, so a lot of people talk about being triggered and I'm like, that's your action. That's yes. your reaction. Nobody came over and said, I'm trying to trigger you right now. Are you triggered yet? They said something that triggered a reaction in your own mind, body, yes. soul. And I mean, people say some shitty stuff. Welcome to the world. Accept it. People say shitty stuff. Yes. Um, Now, it's actually your job to not be triggered. Yes. And instead, in the moment, understand why it triggered you and what you can do to not be triggered next time and instead, in the moment, be able to take control. Because all you're doing is, well, and people use the, oh, you're giving your power to someone else, but you literally are. You just gave your power to someone else because you got triggered. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and it, and it might be something like, Oh, I'm not cool with what's going on right now. All right, slow down. Yep. There's something I can do in the moment. Do I need to walk away? Like what, how do I handle this? But part of it is understanding what triggers you and saying, oh. okay, can, can I turn that trigger into a positive thing where we make positive change? Because when, when people are just yelling at each other and stuff like that, not, there's no change happening other than you're just creating more animosity in the world. Is, is there a way to create positive change?
0: So. Well, and, you know, I think um, that's where getting us help to find out what those triggers are. Because, yeah, yeah I'm triggered, but I don't even know where it's coming from because you're just kind of here existing. So yeah. I'm really challenging the women tuned in to really think about what self-care means this year. And mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a more expanded topic and that this is the year to say, if I'm really trying to go here, I'm the person that can control that. We know there's things externally that you just can't control ever. But at the end of the day, I'm the one waking up with all this stuff inside, right? I'm the one with all the gifts and the magic, and and the brilliance and the ideas. I'm also got all this other bullshit too that's been dragging around with me forever. They're both here. What? Like who's gonna win that magic or like the hot mess stuff? Because it's, it's yeah. they're both here, right? So it's like, yeah. Or assuming you can do it all too. No, you can't. You might need to get help, and that's totally okay. Yeah. To ask for help this year.
1: Now that, now that my funds are paying back and I've got, you know, a a nest egg out there that I can individually angel invest. I don't necessarily have to raise capital for it anymore. Um, I have decided to put my money where my mouth is, which is tough because right now I'm dealing with the fact that I need to say no to an entrepreneur who I like. Yeah. I think that, you know, he'll make money, but I've made it clear that I want to invest in balanced teams Mm-hmm. So I want men and women because okay. I think it's important that you have all voices if, if you're looking at building a global uh, global scaled company. Um, and if it if it happens not be perfectly balanced, if it's doing something that I believe is a good positive change for the world. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I'm doing some energy deals and and what have you. But uh, no, it's it's been fun. I, I ended up in a fund in Austin. And uh, they're, they're very much a balanced team. So even at the fund, the decision makers, it's a balanced team and that's what they invest in. And then uh, haven't gotten any other Texas females, but I have one in Chicago. You should okay. check out what she's doing. She's a PhD in cybersecurity, which is an, an interesting field for me. I actually took a cybersecurity um, class over the summer. It was really interesting. What's her name? Uh, so her name is Christine, uh, I don't remember her last name. The company is Cyber Pop-Up. Okay. So, so it's basically for people who don't have a a cybersecurity team, you know, maybe they can't afford it. Um, for, for a full team, they actually come in there, uh, you know, when you need them type thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. But also make sure that your stuff is locked up and sealed as best as possible ahead of time. So all the security audits that we all should be doing and very few of us do. Yes. But all that stuff is very much on the rise. And especially with Russia heading back over to Ukraine, we got to watch out for
0: everybody's on high alert right now. So is that your 2022? It sounds like you're going to be doing, still doing a little investing or do you feel like this book, like what's, what's (laughs) going to happen for this book promotion of all that? And then also too, how can we find out more about the book or, where will it be? Is it going to be available everywhere to purchase it on 2222?
1: Yeah, so it's already pre-sale at Barnes & Noble okay. and Amazon and Apple. So all, all the platforms have it on pre-sale right now. Okay. Um, so it'll be available all through there. Let's see. As far as bookstores, I'm not sure which bookstores are carrying it yet. That's a decision between, I don't know. That's a decision that I can't make for them. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's see. And all all that information is on my website,
0: Gabrielle.com. We'll include it in the show notes for sure.
1: Yeah. So, but I'm definitely coming to Dallas. Uh, I'm working on February 9th, being mm-hmm. able to do a book signing. February oh. 8th and 9th, we'll, we'll see. So uh, just got to, so not all the bookstores are doing live events right now. So okay. I just, oh,
0: right. A good spot for it. Okay. But. Cool. For the ladies in Dallas to come out and meet you. That'd be fun. Well, we always like to end um, every built in Texas on an inspiring, positive uh, note about women. And so we'd love for you to share with us a Texas woman that has inspired you. She could be, Someone who's famous, we get Selena and Ann Richards and Beyonce all the time. Or it could oh, be someone. Ann Richards, because I was totally my pick. No, we've had, and she was, she's <laughs> been mine. Um, or it could be somebody from your personal life that you've met that's made a difference. Is it Ann Richards?
1: Well, so Ann Richards is definitely in the, in the way back machine, just what she was able to accomplish in Texas is hmm. exciting. And like, I just love what she did for women in Texas in general. So yes, um, certainly her, but as far as, you know, we'll, we'll go a little bit more local and I'm going to go with a group of ladies. If okay. I can. So Pam Gerber what she started entrepreneurs hmm. foundation of North Texas. Switched to entrepreneurs for North Texas, but she had, um, a female entrepreneur group that, so if you were an EFNT member, she had regular meetings with this group and these ladies, I'm still in touch with quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. Talk about a wonderful group that, you know, you could support one another and definitely had many of them who came out as mentors and what have you. Um, Lee Ellermeyer, if you haven't I met know. her, oh, talk
0: about inspirational. Yes.
1: So I would say it's that entire group of
0: ladies. <laughs> That's incredible. And what's so funny how we're such a huge state, but like the women are so connected. I literally was just talking to uh, someone that works with her wife. Uh, and we no, were talking really? about, yes, yeah, just I yesterday. Awesome. So, yeah. And Pam is just someone. She's, amazing. she's oh. like one of the top doctors in Dallas. I know. I know. And she's so <laughs> passionate about education and she's really targeted specifically to black women who have had so many challenges with fibroids, which she specializes in. So, but Pam is always there. She's always kind of always there. She's been in our community for so long. And so I, I, she's never been shared. Her name's never been shared before, but I I love that idea of her too. So, well, is there anything last you'd like to share about your book or Uh, when we're planning this all girl retreat to do our fire dancing routine or
1: we definitely need to talk
0: about that one. Yeah.
1: Actually if um, there are female founders in Texas that are looking for angel investors, please, please hit me up. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here looking for good deals and yeah.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Well, this has been exciting. We were all over the place with conversations in the best way possible from white hair to fire dancing, to love, to investing. <laughs> I, I I am obsessed with with having these kind of conversations because they're just so organic and because we've just all kind of done so much. <laughs> we've seen yeah. so much, right? And been through so much. And the perception people have of, of women, I think Texas women too, but the perception people have it's always so fascinating to pull back those layers because we're just, it's, there's so much going on in the best way possible. So, um, yeah. the sound of creation, I can't wait to get the book. I'm excited that it's already available for free order. So we'll send that out for sure. Thank you so much for joining us this week on built in Texas. I hope you all enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. Thanks.